Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Tuesday. It's the 12th of July. This is here first from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Iowa's housing market has been a boon for people selling houses, but a housing supply shortage for even more expensive homes has translated to greater strain for low-income households left with fewer options to rent. Early in the pandemic, Iowa housing was a seller's market. Houses commonly sold sometimes for $40,000 over asking price. This coincided with a slowdown in new construction, a one-two punch that trickled down to renters. And Bacon is the chief executive officer of Impact, which helps low-income households in central Iowa. She says poor Iowans are seeing higher rent prices with fewer options due to lower supply. Thousands of families who were in apartments they could afford, and then the pandemic hit, and suddenly they cannot afford where they're living, but Mm. there aren't any affordable housing units available in their price range. Everyone is currently kind of stuck uh, where they were before. Bacon made her comments yesterday on IPR's River to River. Cedar Rapids Community Schools will start the new year with five uniformed police officers, each assigned to their own school under an amended contract. IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith gives us the details. The school board approved a plan last night that dropped two so-called floating officers, which would have responded within the district as needed. The new plan is limited to five officers located at schools full-time. The board narrowly passed Director Dexter Mershbrock's amendment. We heard many stories about SROs building positive relationships with students, but there's just as many stories about kids feeling uncomfortable, feeling unsafe. And, you know, I don't have the same life experience as these kids, but it's not surprising that kids feel that way with an SRO in their building. The school board proposed adding the two floating officers this year after cutting designated school resource officers for two middle schools that also had the highest proportion of students of color. The state agreed yesterday to a $7.5 million medical malpractice settlement. It happened after a 41-year-old Davenport man suffered severe life-limiting impairments following care at the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics for a bleeding brain tumor. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports the state appeals board approved the settlement, although Iowa's attorney general offices assigned 75 percent of the payment to UI physicians. The group has a $5 million cap per claim. So the state is paying $2.5 million from its general fund towards the total that was approved to cover injuries to Christopher Dolan and his wife. Another case of monkeypox has been reported in Iowa, this time in Polk County. IPR's Grant Gerlock tells us health officials say the risk to the public remains low. The Polk County Health Department says the person confirmed to have monkeypox was likely infected while traveling within the United States. That individual is isolating for treatment while the county works with the Iowa Department of Human Services to notify close contacts who may be at risk. Monkeypox can spread by skin-to-skin contact, shared items, or extended face-to-face contact. The virus causes flu-like symptoms and a skin rash that looks like blisters. Polk County Health Director Helen Eddy says people should be aware of the presence of monkeypox, but there's a low risk of community transmission. The state's first incidence of the virus was reported earlier this month from a person in north-central Iowa. The CDC has counted 767 cases nationwide. 
And the only college in the state to require the COVID-19 vaccine for students is dropping its mandate as a result of a new Iowa law. The Des Moines Register reports Grinnell College will not require students to be vaccinated for the virus when they return in the fall. This is IPR's Here First. I'm Clay Masters. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Recent court decisions have opened the door to abortion bans across the country. Abortion is still legal in Iowa for now, up to 20 weeks of pregnancy. But the governor is asking the courts to reinstate a ban on most abortions after six weeks. IPR's Katerina Sestarik reports abortion rights supporters are preparing to preserve access for Iowans no matter what happens. Francine Thompson has been working on the front lines of abortion access for decades. As the head of an abortion clinic in Iowa City, she says the overturn of Roe v. Wade last month was devastating. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of fear from clients. There's certainly a level of stress from staff about what's going to happen also. Um, But we're just really working hard to continue to provide abortion services since they are still legal in Iowa. The Emma Goldman Clinic opened shortly after the 1973 Roe decision legalized abortion nationwide. Thompson says the number of people visiting the clinic may actually be increasing since Roe was overturned as abortion bans in other states push people into Iowa. But it's not clear if abortion will remain legal in Iowa for very long. We expect fully that we're going to continue to be here. It'll look different, but we're going to continue to be here. But The whole reproductive justice community is really hurt, outraged, devastated, and um, at this point mobilizing. The good news is that we have always been on our own, that we are all we have ever had, and that we are enough, that we will save us. Thousands of Iowans have joined protests in recent weeks calling for abortion to remain legal. But some are also getting ready for the possibility that abortion will be further restricted in the state. There's lots of meetings to kind of coordinate care uh, between states because so many people are going to have to travel across borders in order to receive abortion access. April Clark is on the board of the Iowa Abortion Access Fund and she's a nurse at Planned Parenthood. The fund has seen a recent spike in donations and Clark says that's allowed the group to more than double double their financial support for people who need help paying for their abortion. People are are really scared about what's going to happen and if they'll still be able to get care or not. So this will also help people who, you know, if we do lose abortion access in Iowa, that bump in funding will help them to be able to afford to go to another state where it is still legal, like Minnesota or Illinois. Iowans have been holding raffles, bake sales, and other fundraisers to support abortion access. Clark says there's even a new group of pilots volunteering to transport people in their private planes to abortion appointments. It's been pretty amazing the amount of collaboration and time that people are putting in because most of us are all volunteers. Clark says she's already seeing Iowans traveling out of state to get abortions because bans in other states are pushing people into Iowa and filling up appointments. Iowa has five clinics that provide abortions. Some offer surgical and medication abortions and some only have the medication option. That's a two-pill regimen used early in pregnancy and it made up four out of five abortions in Iowa in 2020. There's also a telehealth service for medication abortions operating 
rating in Iowa and 14 other states called CARIFM. We see telehealth as kind of a pressure release valve for in-clinic services. Chief Operations Officer Melissa Grant says people seeking an abortion can set up a video appointment with a physician. The patient would also have to get an ultrasound as required by Iowa law. Once we see that, as long as the client is indeed less than 11 weeks pregnant, then the physician goes ahead and sends an order to an online pharmacy and the medications go shipped directly to the client's home or any Iowa address of her choice um, in a confidential and discreet box with full information about how to use them in order to have an abortion at home. If abortion is banned in Iowa, these telehealth abortions would also become illegal. A new group has been on social media offering to deliver abortion pills to Iowans who request them for self-induced abortions, regardless of the law. The group declined to speak with IPR. Medical experts say abortion pills are safe and they're easier to obtain in some other countries than in the U.S. But Grant says there can be legal risks to getting your own pills and that it's better to have a medical provider to check in with when getting an abortion. You shouldn't have to seek it outside our country in less than desirable circumstances. But I think we'll see more of it. Abortion rights advocates say Iowans who want to maintain abortion access should donate to groups that are working on that, vote for people who support legal abortion, and share accurate sources of information about where abortions are available. I'm Katerina Sestarik, IPR News. Thanks for listening to Hear First from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I'm Clay Masters.